This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt McCrone, Brian Moreland, and Glenn Lotzenheiser talk everything Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans that bleed two-tone blue. This is the first ever Two-Tone Uncensored podcast. I'm Ryan Moreland, one of your hosts. With me, uh, Matt Necrone. How pumped are you for this first show, Matt? Ready to go, man. I've been waiting a long time. It's finally here. And our other host, Glenn, the big dog, Lotzenheiser. How you doing, Glenn? Man, I am oiled up and ready to go. <laughs> All right. This is the very first episode of the show, as I said. We are a Tennessee Titans podcast, bringing you everything from the Tennessee Titans. Before we get into the show proper here, a little bit of background about how we all met. All three of us got on the Tennessee Titans Uncensored page on Facebook, uh, just a page set up for Tennessee Titans fans, and that's how all three of us got together and ended up making this show. Well, Matt is actually the creator of this page on Facebook, and he runs it. So, Matt, I'm going to let you take over and tell a little bit about the page. All right, so, yeah, I started the group because at the time, you know, there was a lot of controversy on, in different groups about uh, being able to really say what you wanted to say, and people were getting kicked out if you didn't agree with certain people and this and that, and it was just it was a bunch of nonsense. So, basically, started up the Uncensored group. Um, we had it running for about five or six months or so, and one of my administrators now, Morocco Taylor, he joined the group, and he uh, he does a real good job, and he basically helped to get where it is today. When we started to grow a little bit bigger, he brought on another another administrator now, Brandon Williams. He's actually a pastor. He's doing international ministry, and uh, they got a couple things going on this summer for the local uh, Nashville kids. A free lunch from June 1st to July 31st from all kids ages 2 to 18. They're at six different locations. I'm going to post that on the actual site so anybody who lives in the Nashville area can check that out. Get a free lunch. He's also he's a part of the Derek Morgan football camp. The dates on that are Saturday, June 4th from 9 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. It's at 1034 1st Avenue in South Nashville, Tennessee. I'll also post that on the, on the page also. But appearing at that would be uh, Jason McCourty, David Bass, Delaney Walker, Daquan Jones and says and more, so there's probably gonna be a few more on there. He's got a lot of things going on locally, so if you're if you're in the area and you want to check it out, contact me on the site, whatever you want to do. All right, man. Uh, so let's get into the show. The first thing we're gonna talk about since it's our first episode, we're gonna break down everything that's kind of happened in the, this off season, all the big moves. We're gonna start here by the hiring of a new general manager and then the hiring of a new head coach. So John Robinson comes in. As a guy who spent a couple years as a coach in uh, Southeast Missouri State, Nichols State, then spent seven years with the Patriots as a scout and the assistant director of college scouting. Uh, and then the last three years he has spent with Tampa Bay as their director of player personnel. This is his first ever gig as a general manager. Uh, and so I just want to ask you, uh, starting with you, Matt, what do you think of John Robinson and, and what he's done so far and how do you like this hire? Uh, I love the hire. I don't think there's, other than maybe a couple of his draft pick trades, but other than that, 
he's really done no wrong in my eyes. I love all the contracts that have been, been made and signed out to. I can't remember other maybe than Floyd Reese, um, the last GM that's come in here and, and really made a splash like he has. I love the guys he's bringing in. I like the attitude he's bringing, and I think we're moving in the right direction. Uh, well, I think he's probably earned more goodwill in the first few months of his you know, tenure as a GM than any GM I've ever seen. He, he came in here, and he brought that Patriots free trading, get more picks, get more value attitude that we've all watched the Patriots build it, and nobody likes the Patriots, at least none of us do. And we've watched him come in here and bring that attitude to our front office, and it's really invigorated the fan base. And when he first came on and he's telling them, you know, trust him, he's a local boy, he just wants to do good for the team, people are, you know, iffy on all that. Then they watch him go to work, and everybody loves this guy now. And I see, you know, nothing but bright things in the future for him. Absolutely. You know, when I first heard that Robinson was our hire, uh, I was a little worried because it is his first time being a general manager, and I didn't know a lot about him. But since then, he's done nothing uh, but make me feel like he absolutely uh, is building this team in the right direction. You know, we're gonna, about to talk about some great free agency moves that he made. You know, a stellar, stellar trade. One of the best trades in Titans history. You know, setting up a great draft and, and all the picks that we got. He's done an absolutely amazing job as his first uh, several months here as the general manager. And I think I speak for the vast majority of Titans fans that said, you know, the, this is the most hope we've felt in a while and John Robinson's a big reason uh, why we feel that way. And then shortly after the hiring of John Robinson, they announced that they would be going with Mike Malarkey and he would no longer be the interim head coach but the full-time head coach. So, Matt, what do you think about the hiring of Malarkey here? I actually like the hire. I don't like the process that we were put through with uh, Amy Adams talking about the extensive search because I think that's a bunch of bullshit. But... I like the hire simply because he's a player's coach, man. The, the guys like him. The biggest part of it is, other than the fact that he's a player's coach, is Mariota does not need another mentor in his ear changing up what he's already learned and how he's already progressed. Jason Michael is now the quarterback's coach, who was Wiz's offensive coordinator last year. Keeping Malarkey kept him in place. I think that's uh, going to be real big in his progress this year. The guys that don't like Malarkey... Honestly, they're going off of a Jaguars record and a Bills record. I mean, you cannot judge him off of that. Even Bill Belichick before the Patriots was a Brown, and you don't know. But I like the Malarkey hire. I think he's going to do well. I think he's setting himself up with John Robinson to do very well. And if he doesn't, it's uh, it's all on him. The, uh, the Malarkey hire didn't surprise anybody. There was a lot of people who were really down on the organization at that point. They, they were talking, you know, we know what they're going to do. Why are they pretending like they're searching? Why are they acting like there's 120 candidates? There weren't. Everybody knew it. And, you know, they brought Malarkey in. He he came from the Bills. He did a good job with the Bills, except for he had no quarterback. He, he went to the Jags. Same problem again. Here he's got a quarterback. The moves that they've made, you know, that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, they're going to really set up for the style of all he wants to play. And, the fan base was really broken whenever they announced that hire, but I think they're starting to come around. They're, they're starting to get behind this guy, and it looks like it, we're going to have a really tough, dominant team this year, and he's going to be the reason why. I'm not as as big on Malarkey as uh, you two are. I was 
Not a big fan of this hire. Um, it felt lazy to me. They went and got the guy that was already there. And I understand he has a good relationship with Marcus Mariota, uh, but it takes a lot more than that to be an NFL head coach. As a head coach, he's 18-39. and 39. That's a winning percentage of, of 45%. Not only that, but there were plenty of, of great offensive minds that were out there this year. Um, it was one of the you know craziest years I think we've seen in a while as far as head coaching moves go. And I know that Tennessee is not, you know, the best place in the world, obviously. It's pretty low down on the list of uh, what a lot of these guys want to go because of the situation that it's in now. It's not a huge market. Um, and, you know, being a team that has been the basement of the NFL for two years straight. But there were guys out there that were interested in the Tennessee job that I think I have a better pedigree and I think would have made better coaches. But that being said, of course I'm going to support Malarkey. I've seen a lot of people out there that um, are completely wrote him off because it's not the guy that they wanted. Of course I want to see him succeed. I want to see him take Tennessee to new heights, you know, obviously. Uh, you know, I'm going to continue to support Malarkey um, until he proves to me that he can't do it. I, I wasn't a big fan of the hire, not the move I would have made, but obviously I'm, I'm 100% behind our head coach. But we're talking about these free agency moves, and there was a lot of good ones. And, you know, obviously most notably is... DeMarco Murray, four years of $25 million, 12.5 guaranteed. This is, you know, the biggest move that we made in free agency and and one that a lot of people in Nashville are very excited about, Matt. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think, for one, you know, he was he had a great line in Dallas and he, you know, he showed he can do it when given the opportunity. When he went to Philadelphia, man, Chip Kelly, they're still cleaning up his mess. Um, they, he, he couldn't get it together. He did not know how to use DeMarco Murray. I think with this exotic smash mouth offense that Malarkey and, and Robinson want to run, I think we're bringing in the guys to do that. And I think, especially alongside bringing in Derrick Henry, I think it's going to be a nasty one, two combination. Yeah. I'm going to go back a little bit further on DeMarco Murray. Uh, I'm in Oklahoma. I was there for his whole career at OU. I saw him playing behind Adrian Peterson. I saw flashes of what the guy could do, and we all knew just looking at it that he was going to be a pretty good pro. His problem has always been staying healthy. He had that problem in college. He's got that problem in the pros. He's put one real good season together and you know led the league in rushing. Uh, there's no reason he can't do that again. Just like Matt just said, you know, he went to Philadelphia. That was not the right offense for that guy. The surprising thing was is that he went there and everybody knew it was the wrong offense for him, but he went there anyway. So I think now he's realized that mistake. You know, he's already said the right things coming to Tennessee. He's happy to be here. He wants to be in this type of offense. We're trying to build the kind of line that he needs to succeed. And it's going to be a physical running game this year. That's going to help everybody out. And the price we got him for, he's, he's the steal of the offseason. Yeah, I'm going to agree with a lot of what you guys said here. You know, first caught my eye at Oklahoma where he was, when healthy, uh, as Glenn said, fantastic. And then you see what he did in Dallas. In his four years with Dallas, he averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Those are really good numbers to keep up, especially when you consider how many carries he was getting over those few years, especially towards the end. And he goes to Philadelphia, and you guys hit it on the nose here, does not fit the system at all. This guy's a downhill running back, and they're running out of pistol sets. It's not tailored to him. That's why you saw him struggle there. I think a lot of it had to do with he just didn't fit the system. And 
Now, going into Tennessee, I know that Tennessee's offense is not near as good as Dallas's is. The Cowboys have one of, if not the best, offensive line in the NFL. But Tennessee's offensive line has improved this year. I think they're making the right moves to really make a big difference because we obviously need it in this running game. Our running game was pretty terrible last year, and this is a big boost along with Derrick Henry, as you guys said. Um, that's why I really like one guy we talk about, Ben Jones, that we brought in on a four-year deal, $17.5 million, uh, $7.5 million guaranteed. You know, you're getting a great interior offensive lineman, center, of course, but we've seen him play a little bit of guard. I like Ben Jones a lot. This guy is, you know, he's not the best in, in the league, but he's definitely very workable center and definitely an upgrade for the Tennessee Titans. What do you think about him, Matt? Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, he started all 16 games the last two seasons. That's huge. We have behind him, other than maybe uh, Bishop Sankey and Bleedy Ray Wilson, my least favorite player on the team, Brian Schwenke. There's no way this guy doesn't start day one. I've read that he's actually in the locker room teaching Taylor Lewan the playbook. And, I mean, he's he just got to town, and he's already picking up that quick. I love the move. Uh, I didn't know necessarily a lot about him before we signed him. I think it's a great move. I can't imagine that he's not the day one starter, and he will probably have that locked down for his whole tenure here. This guy got that reputation of being a little bit crazy. He does some weird things in the locker room. He's a change of pace kind of mindset for everybody else. He's going to bring some fun to that offensive line. He's not the greatest center. You know, Matt covered it. He, he plays. He stays on the field. That's what we need. That's been the biggest problem we've had with Schwenke. He can't stay on the field. He's hurt all the time. I don't see him being on the roster with his rookie contracts up because he can't play a whole season. Uh, Andy Gaelic will be back there. He'll learn from him. He'll get better for it. At the end of the day, he, he upgrades the line just with his attitude, with his smarts, because your, your center's the quarterback of the offensive line. So he's going to come in there, and he's going to help the rest of the line. He's going to help Mariota be better. And he may not have all the physical tools you know, of the top-level centers, He's going to come in there, and he's going to have the mindset. He's going to have the right attitude, and that's going to help gel the whole line together, and everybody wins when that happens. Absolutely. Uh, I'm big on Ben Jones. like him a lot. Uh, Bleacher Report ranked their top centers, and they had Ben Jones at 17th. They had uh, Brian Schwinke at 26th on that same list. And it just tells you, you know, he does – Jones does his best work in pass protection. He's no slouch in the run game either. He has incredibly high football IQ – and it shows in his play. Uh, another exciting pickup that we had was Rashard Matthews that I think a lot of fans were uh, excited about the young pass catcher adding to uh, a wide receiver group that you know definitely needs to start improving as Mariota starts you know maturing into the quarterback that you know the Tennessee needs him to be. So Matt, what do you think about Matthews? I'm real high on him. I don't see him as obviously a number one. But I'll say this, that when uh, when given the opportunity, he's definitely shown out. He's been in the league since 2013 and hasn't exactly stayed healthy all those games. But his best career games last season were in week three against the Jags. He had six for 115 yards. And the following week, another six for 113 yards with two touchdowns. If we can get that out of him or anything similar to that, I think along with the other weapons we have, I think he's going to fit in real well here. He's a young, scrappy kid. I think, honestly, with with Ryan Tannehill, he didn't get 
every opportunity that some other receivers get. But I think in the right, you know, the right format, the right situation, I think he's going to do real well here. It also says a lot about guys on the way out because uh, Malarkey's already made it clear that the wide receivers need to step up, and um, I think he's really going to set the tone in the locker room. With Matthews, I think what a lot of people do is they get hung up on his 40 time from the combine. He ran a 4.62 in the combine. On his pro day, he ran a 4.4. He's faster than people think he is because they see that combine time and they think he's going to be slow. Uh, he's also a lot stronger than he gets credit for. He's the kind of guy who goes out there and he'll fight you for the ball. He'll muscle it up. He'll get his hands on it. You know, he, he put up 20 reps uh, on the bench press, and for a wide receiver to do that, that that's a pretty good number. Uh, there are running backs who don't put that number up. Sometimes there are centers who don't put that number up. So you know, he, he's a strong kid. He's got good hands. He's going to run those routes, and he's a little bit faster than you think he is. So if he's not our number one, which he won't be, um, I agree with Matt on that. I think we're all kind of counting on DGB to step up and be that main guy. DGB's hoping to be two. He just has got to get himself healthy so he can get the reps in practice. Uh, I think he comes in, he's our number two, and he pushes uh, right over to the slot, which if you let him go out there and make moves, that begins as a really dangerous you know, first three guys off the, uh, on the field catching the ball. It gives Mariota some real offense off play action. Yeah, I'm going to agree with a lot of what you guys said here. You know, this is a young wide receiver coming off of his best season. Last year had 662 yards, averaged over 15 yards per catch, and had four touchdowns. He's a very solid possession receiver. He is much stronger than he looks. Glenn's not lying here. Plays great over the middle. Very tough, very physical guy. He's a guy that's going to end up fighting for contested balls, which... That means that you need an accurate quarterback, which is Mariota's greatest strength is his accuracy. So I think he fits perfect into our into our offense. I agree with what you guys said here. Not the number one guy, but he is a solid piece and definitely something that I'm sure Mariota's looking forward to working with this season. One other stat that I found very impressive is so far in Matthew's career, he has 707 uh, receptions and only one fumble. Then we got, you know, another guy got Matt Castle. This has been one that has been very mixed feelings among Titans fans so far that I've seen. So it'll be interesting to see what you guys think here about bringing in Matt Castle and then later on, of course, cutting Zach Mettenberger. I look at it like this, man. Castle, although I'm not particularly high on Castle, he's probably not even got any more upside than Mettenberger did, to be honest with you, but... He's familiar with John Robinson. Robinson brought him into New England when he was drafted. He didn't get his. He's had a lot of uh, spots on different teams where you know he didn't necessarily succeed very well, other than the the one season in New England when he had 11 wins. Well, that's New England, and this is Tennessee. If Mariota goes down, we're in a whole <laughs> whole lot of hurt. But uh, I'll say this: he's definitely capable of, of backing up in the situation. I believe it was a one-year deal. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go any further than that. That's for sure. Um, to be honest with you, and I'm not sure how the camp plays out, but I actually was very impressed last year with Tanny, and I think that he's probably in a better situation to overtake Castle's position. But I'm sure Robinson's boy, that won't happen. I'm pretty sure Castle's pr- pretty much locked in at the number two spot. But I mean, uh, you know, he's a capable backup, but I wouldn't I wouldn't trust. Him. Yeah, Castle's put together two pretty good seasons. He had that one with New England. And then he also had another one with Kansas City where he won 10 games, put up 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. 
He's never been anything like that guy since. You know, he's, he's posted a couple winning seasons as far as the games he played, but he's only starting, you know, nine games. Uh, he's he's a backup. That's that's all he really is. Uh, he's, he's coming in to be a veteran guy to help teach guys how to manage the game, how to think about it, how to go about being a professional. That, that, that's his role here. We had last year uh, football Jesus, you know, Whitehurst, let, let him go because how, how are you going to have a guy who's barely played teach other guys how to play the game? So he, he comes in, he brings that veteran presence. And that, that, I think that's what he's here for. God forbid uh, Mariota goes down. If he comes in and he doesn't light it up, I, I, I agree. I think you're going to see Tandy pretty quick. His job is to come in, hand the ball off to the running backs, and not screw up is uh, kind of what they're going to ask from him if he comes into the game. I'm not as high on Tanny. Uh, I think he's got the potential, but i got to see it on the field and more than just you know, spot duty that he showed at the end of the last season when the team basically gave up anyway. Yeah, I'm going to agree with a lot with you with uh, Matt Castle and you know, I think he is an upgrade over Mettenberger, but only slightly. And Glenn touched on exactly why he's an upgrade. He's an 11-year veteran in the league. And that's, uh, you know, a strong help to have a veteran presence. And so, you know, if you look statistically over the last couple of years comparatively, it's, you know, it's basically the same as Mettenberger. It's not any more impressive. And and so the, all you're getting here is a veteran presence. That's the only upgrade that you're getting that Mettenberger doesn't have is you're getting a guy who's been around the league for a while, and especially a guy that's bounced around the league, played on a couple different teams, uh, you know, and it has a good feel for the NFL as a whole and can help, uh, you know, in spots, help players around him. I wanted to talk about Rashad Johnson here. One of This is one of my favorite uh, free agent signings. One year, $2 million with a uh, – what do you think about Johnson, Matt? I like him a lot. For what we have on the field right now, he's definitely the best the best thing we have. At the time when we signed him, it really was slim pickings. He actually started, he was a walk-on at Alabama as a running back. Kirby Street switched him over to DB, and by his senior year, he was a defensive captain. He's definitely an upgrade from Michael Griffin. Griffin's lost his ability to tackle a long, long time ago. And honestly, I think that besides from him playing on the field as an upgrade, he's definitely a huge locker room presence. Um, he understands that we just drafted Kevin Byard, and he said himself he understands that, you know, he's eventually going to be replaced by Kevin Byard, but at the same time, he's not going to make it um, <clears throat> easy for him to take his job. Um, he's, he signed a one-year deal, which in my opinion is a good deal. To be honest with you, as a one-year plug-in, I would say Rashad Johnson is the best option. Before I start talking on Johnson, I do want to point out one thing. At his absolute worst, Matt Castle still won at least one game. That puts him way over Mittenberger. So it's got to be an upgrade. As far as Johnson goes, that, that one-year deal that they brought him in for, you're getting a solid veteran from a winning team. He's going to bring in the right attitude. He's going to show guys how it's done. But it's a one-year deal. And that's what I've really been impressed with Robinson this offseason. He's not signing guys to big deals that we don't know if they can do it, do us any good. He's not signing guys at the end of their career to big deals. I mean, th- this is going back a little bit, but Yancey Thickpin. If you don't remember that guy, he was a beast for Pittsburgh back in the day. We brought him on, hurt, barely played. He, he was a wide receiver that was always burning us. We gave him a crap load of money, did nothing for us. And Robinson's doing the exact opposite. He's bringing in guys that have the potential to really give us something 
could really help this young team grow, but he's not giving them a lot of money. He's giving them one year. They're going to come out. They're going to have to prove that they need to be back on this team. He's not wasting money on guys. He's a solid. He's a solid safety. He's he's not the young guy he was. He's already thirty. He's at the end of his career. He's going to come in here and he's going to help us out at the back end. He's going to show Denora Cersei how it's done. He's going to show Byard how it's done. Everybody will be better because this guy's on the squad. Rashad Johnson, I love this guy, man. One thing is he's not a great tack. He missed 19 tackles in 2014. Missed 11 in 2015, so he's getting better at it. But he's an absolute ball hawk. He had nine interceptions in the last two years. Um, he got three in 2013, four in 14, five in 15. So it's only safe to assume he's going to get six in 2016, right? I mean, that's how it has to work out like that. Perfect. Another guy, Bryce McCain, signed two years, $4.4 million, $1 million signing bonus, $1 million guaranteed. What do you think about McCain coming in here, Matt? At the time, man, I I did not know who Bryce McCain was. And I remember he was our first offseason acquisition I wasn't as excited as some of the other people in the group were. I remember hearing comments about him. Half of us didn't know who he was. Half of us just wanted us to do something. I mean, he's been in LeBeau's system. That's obviously a huge plus. LeBeau is probably the mastermind of all these ex-dealer signings. He's, what, 5'9", a buck 90. Not, Not a very big guy. I don't really see him. To me, he's kind of the odd man out. If he did not already previously work with LeBeau, I honestly don't see him panning out. He could get uh, that nickel spot. I mean, that's obviously what he thrives in. But, I mean, with all this young talent around him, I I don't know. I don't see him panning out. McCain's another one of those guys. I think he's here as a teacher. Um, he, he's not been just real successful. He, he's another one of those five nine corners that drive me nuts because they can't go up with all these big boys that are coming out at the wide receiver slot these days. And you know, he, he doesn't make huge plays for you. He's a good, solid, all-around guy. He'll play his role. He's not going to come in the locker room and try to take over or be this big personality. He's, he's going to come in. He knows LeBeau's system. He's going to be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. And that's what LeBeau wants from these guys. If they'll just go do their job, he's going to be okay. McCain will come in. He'll show some of these other guys how they're supposed to do it, what, what's expected of them. He's a nickel-dime uh, corner is what he is to me. I think he makes the roster because would you rather have him or Blitty Ray? That's the kind of comparison that we're talking about with our defensive group right now. Do you see him ahead of Antoine Blake? Because I just don't see it. I don't think that other than him knowing where to be, I mean, yeah, that's that's obviously a plus, but when you're comparing him to guys that aren't going to be on the team, in my mind, regardless with uh, Blitty Ray, he might prove me wrong. I don't know. But what I'm, all I'm saying is, there's too many young guys in the mix that I think are going to outplay him. Antoine Blake's another one of those five nine guys that I just mid depth chart guys. They're they're not here to blow anybody up. They're not going to start. They're they're just here to do a job. Uh, I would actually say, Matt, that I would definitely take Bryce McCain over uh, Antoine Blake. I don't. I'm not enthralled with him. I don't think he's great or anything. I think he'll end up being the nickel, um, as you both of you said here. But I do like him better. I think that he is, uh, you know, a little bit better. He's not as dangerous, um, you know, going for the big play. He's not overly impressive, though. Has problems with timing and his awareness. But I think over Antoine Blake, yeah, I think McCann will end up in that nickel spot. Some other guys here, Sean Spence, 
Uh, Antoine Blakey, we were just talking about Nate Palmer, Curtis. Anybody out of these, uh, you know, the lower level free agents that we got that really catches your eye? Sean Spence, he played at Miami, and before his injury, he's well, he's also a LeBeau guy as well. He's 5'11", 231. He was drafted in the third round by the Steelers, so LeBeau, LeBeau knows him very well. I don't see him beating anybody for a starting spot, but he's definitely somebody to look out for. See, for me, Spence is one of those guys I was talking about earlier where we're talking about uh, you know, receivers putting up better bench press numbers than running backs and wide men and linebackers. He, he posted 12 reps, the uh, combine. It told you a lot about his physical development. He's faster than he is quick. He's not that fast. You know, he, he's kind of an average speed guy, not real strong. He does know LeBeau's system. Uh he, he kind of falls into that camp body thing to me, but I think he makes a squad because he does have potential. He's an upgrade over what we've got sitting around. Death has been the problem with this team for a few years. We, we brought in a couple of really decent uh, rookies this year. I still think he makes a squad. With Sean Spence, I think that he'll end up making the roster because he's been a pretty good special teams player, and he's done, had a lot of production on the special teams. I think that'll carry him. Um, long enough to keep him on the team just because his production there, you know, uh, we've seen it with a lot of players do that. Uh, it gives them enough time to develop a little bit better. But I think we're seeing um, what you're pretty much going to see from Sean Spence. I just I don't see it all there. Injuries have been a big issue in his uh, young career. Missed all of 2012 and all of 2013 to injuries. Um, only missed one game last year, but he did uh, come out of two games and didn't finish them. So he does make plays in special teams, and he is a guy that knows the system. So I think that'll be enough to keep him on the roster. But I don't, I don't see him making a big difference on the team. Um, Antoine Blake, I wanted to talk about real quick. He's not overly impressive. He's got that big play ability, though. I think that gets a lot of people going is is how dangerous he is with the ball in his hands. Uh, he only had two interceptions last year, but even though he only had two, he was fifth in the NFL in reception yardage with 112 yards, and he had the best interception yardage average at over 50 yards per interception. This is a guy that takes a lot of risks in coverage and normally gets burnt, but every now and then comes up with a huge play. I think that's what got a lot of fans going about Blake. He's not going to be like a great pickup. He's a guy that knows the system again. You know, knows uh, how to run a dick elbow system. He knows you know where to be and and the playbook. But he just he's not overly impressive. Just the big play factor. I think got a lot of people excited though. Oh, uh, I was going to say on Blake. The uh, the thing that sticks out to me, if you Google him real quick, you'll, you'll see on there someone summing him up as short and slow, and you know, it kind of says it all to me about a. Uh, a 5'9 corner, if you're going to be 5'9 and you're not blazing fast, you're, you're a depth player. That's probably all you're ever going to be. Uh, I asked you both to come up with a grade of how you thought the Tennessee Titans did in free agency. So, Matt, you first here. What do you, how would you grade our free agency as a whole? As a whole, man, if it's if it's not an A+, plus, um, Glenn said it earlier, man, DeMarco Murray was the signing of the offseason. We obviously got... DeMarco Murray, we got Ben Jones, who solidifies the line where we need help at the most. Um, our biggest weaknesses are definitely the secondary and the O-line. We brought in Rashad Johnson, 
also a solid, solid player. Um, all these guys, man, they're all going to contribute on the field and off and in the locker room, which in my opinion is just as important. Um, Rustin Webster, uh, he tore this place to shreds. I mean, he, he had this place a mess and it's real nice to see him out of here. I like the direction we're going, and uh, if not an A, definitely a solid B plus. I like how you tried to uh, purge Rustin Webster from your memory already. That's a, that's a pretty good point. Um, that, that's a guy that I've been campaigning for the last two years. I want him gone, and I, that that was my big move of the offseason. They fired Rustin Webster finally. They got rid of that guy because he drove me nuts. Um, you know, my my big thing has always been the lines. And to let that offensive line fall apart into the worst unit I've ever seen on this squad, it was just terrible. It was so painful, just historically bad. So Webster being gone, we automatically start improving. I, I don't give the team an A for what they did, not because it wasn't a good offseason for us. It, it wasn't sexy. I mean, you saw what the Jaguars did. We, we all hate those guys, but they had a great offseason as far as free agent signings go. They also spent a fortune on guys that if they don't go in there and they don't make a huge impact they're, they're screwed you know their whole budget is blown because they went out and got a bunch of guys with part of a really good team here really good team there who knows if they're going to work out you know Indomica Sue did not turn the Dolphins into a defensive powerhouse we'll see what happens with the Jags as far as what you know we did what Robinson did he brought us in a running back that some people questioned but I think we all agree is going to really tear things up. He brought us in a center who isn't special, but he's good, and he's consistent, and he's going to stay on the field. He brought us a safety who's going to go back there and help solidify that group. You know, Ryan pointed out earlier, he's not a great tackler, but he gets the ball. He makes, he makes big plays. He's going to help guys do the right thing, and, you know, Cersei can be our, our big hitter. Rashard Matthews. He's the kind of receiver who's going to do what they need. He's going to create competition. He's going to put the other guys on notice that if they don't step up and play, they're not going to get on the field. Um, I, I give it a B. Every, almost every one of those signings was someone we needed. It speaks more about where our squad was last year that I'm giving them a B because we're signing a bunch of mid-range guys, and they're still significantly upgrading our team. So I'm going to give him a B. I went with an A- minus here uh, for a few reasons. First off, getting rid of Rustin Webster, uh, I feel like should be a, a, at least a statewide holiday. Like we fired Rustin Webster Day in the state of Tennessee because it just felt, I mean, it felt like Christmas when we finally got rid of him. Uh, and then, you know, I talked about the malarkey hiring, how I wasn't huge on it, but I thought we did great. Uh, you get guys like DeMarco Murray, who I think is going to have a great season. I think he was – Ben Jones, I think, is an upgrade. I think that you got a lot of guys up here. Uh, Bryce McCain, even though he's not that great, he's an upgrade at nickel. Um, Rashad Johnson, he's going to be a big – on our fence, I believe. Rashad Matthews, I like this kid a lot. I think you come in, and I, like you guys said, and like I said, comes in and plays wide receiver too. Uh, you know, that's obviously a, a big upgrade for us. You know, a uh, wide receiver group getting better. So I think John Robinson and Malarkey did a good job in this offseason of getting better without uh, breaking the budget. So that's why they get an A- in my book. Because you see you know, the Jaguars um, are one of them. The Giants are another one that went out <clears throat> and just threw money at people to bring them in. And, you know, you look at some of these players. If they're not top three in the league – 
then you spent too much money. Like so, if they're not top three in their position in the entire NFL, then you overpaid them. So I thought he did an awesome job of getting players that are going to make a difference on our team without overpaying someone or giving someone a contract that's going to end up biting us. John Robinson really playing Patriots ball. All right, we're going to head into a quick commercial break here. When we come back, we will have all of the draft and talk about some UDFAs we really like. We'll be right back after this. Time to pay the bills. Some quick ads and we'll get right back to the show. Hey, this is Ryan and Rich from the Free Parking Show. Our show is a sports podcast hosted by four sports journalists and features shows like Beers and Cheers, Par for Discourse, and our NFL preview, the 32-team parking garage. Check us out on Stitcher, Spreaker, and our website, www.freeparking.com. You're listening to Two Tone Uncensored, brought to you by Pinecast and Stitcher. Right back into the show, gentlemen. We're going to start here in the draft. First, we got to talk about this trade that John Robinson orchestrated with the St. Louis Rams. <clears throat> the trade terms were the Titans gave up the first overall pick, uh, their fourth round pick, and a sixth round pick. In return, they get the 15th overall, two second-round picks, a third-round pick in this year's draft, and then a first and a third in next year's draft. I think a lot of people were really excited about this trade when it happens, and it, to me, Matt, it, it feels like we uh, got away with highway robbery. How did you feel about this when it happened? Yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I don't know anyone that didn't love it. Um, handsome. I, and the best part about it is, Two weeks before that deal went down, we didn't know if we could even move the pick, which is the best part of it all to me. Because, I mean, obviously, okay, in my opinion, if we kept the one pick, in my mind, we're taking Tunzel. And, I, you know, nothing against Tunzel, but I didn't want him number one at all. Love the value we got. I don't know how anyone can argue that. But Jared Goff, I don't believe he was anything, any savior by any means. But, I mean, we, we made out like bandits. I loved it. Going into this offseason when we had that pick, and like Matt said, we weren't sure we were going to be able to move it. We really needed at least one of those quarterbacks to show up and just really put on a show at the uh, Combine. People were really impressed with him. There was a lot of talk for Carson Wentz. I wasn't really impressed with either one of these guys. I think last year they go fourth or fifth. Uh, they're just they're not that special. However, if you don't have a quarterback, they're the most special guy in the world. So we got a good haul for us. I'm going to read just something real quick from one of my uh, Patriot friends here. His response to that trade was, what the fuck did the Titans really trade the number one pick to the Rams? He was absolutely sure we screwed ourselves. He thought we were going down the drain. And that made me laugh so much because that's a perfect Patriots move. That's, you know, you're building up more draft base. you got more cash to work with, more picks to trade. And we got Patriots fans questioning it. That just, it, it made me laugh. As far as the value ratings go, we've moved down really far. I wish we would have done that deal with the Eagles. If we could have gotten that out of the Eagles, that had been an absolute win for us. I still feel great about the pick, about the trade. 
you know, it did us a lot of good as we saw as the draft went on. I thought it was great. I heard national pundits talking about it, it was only a so-so. It was a win for both teams. It was completely fair, which is all fine with me. The Rams, they've got a pretty solid team. they got a okay quarterback to show for it. And we've got a whole lot of picks. So I'm as pleased as you could possibly be with it. Absolutely. I'm going to 100% agree here. Uh, I love this. When I first saw it, I loved it. I've loved it ever since. Um, because we got a king's ransom, as you said. You know, a lot of players come out of this trade. And then we get the first and third round next year. You know, and you get, obviously, great value in the first round. The third round, still a lot of great players left by round three. I absolutely think that we... 100% without a shadow of a doubt won this trade. The only way that the Rams come out looking like the better team is if uh, Jared Goff ends up being you know, the next Tom Brady or the next Peyton Manning, um, which I just don't see happening. I think, he's, I think his ceiling is that good Pro Bowl level, not elite quarterback, that kind of second tier you know, where we see guys like Matthew Stafford. Um, I don't see him being any better than that. So I, I think it was a desperation move for the Rams. You know, they need to win now in order for uh, Jeff Fisher and Les Need to keep their jobs. And we ended up benefiting from it greatly. You know, it was an absolutely fantastic move. It was genius. And it is, you know, like he said, just a perfect Patriots move. We're going to go into the first pick here. With that, We're setting that 15, and it comes up. We end up trading up to the eighth spot and then getting Jack Conklin. Uh, what did you think about this pick overall, and, and what do you think about Conklin, Matt? I like him. I, I wouldn't have, from 15, I would not have traded up to 8 to get him. However, I know he, well, I don't know. I assume he wouldn't have been there at uh, 15. From what I, what I heard, that New York Giants were eyeing him pretty hard. I like what he brings, man, but at the same time, while we're sitting at 15, Taylor Decker went at 17. And in my mind, it was not worth trading up. I touched on this in the very beginning uh, as far as with, with Robinson. This is probably the only gripe that I have is, well, this trade and actually later on in the draft when he traded up, I just didn't see the value there. I mean, I like what Conklin brings. He's a tough kid. He works for everything he's ever gotten. And he fits the mold of uh, a great run blocker that's going to maul you. And, you know, I, I like him, but I don't like that we traded up to get him when Taylor Decker is maybe not quite as good, but he's not a far drop-off. I, I would have stayed at 15 and, you know, went with one of the two. Yeah, this trade, trading up to get uh, Jack, this is why I wanted them to have traded with Philadelphia instead. If you sat at eight, the, the really good tackle comes to you, whoever you want, they're going to be there. When they made the trade... I swore it was Tunsil. I was a Tunsil fan all the way through the offseason. That stupid picture went up there, and it screwed everything up, and he started dropping. I was like, you know what? We still get a beautiful pick, and we'll just take him here. And when they took Conklin, there's nothing wrong with Conklin. He's that road-grading, big-body type guy. He reminds me of John Runyon. We had John Runyon at one point. He went to the Eagles afterwards. He sets the edge against the run. He's a powerful dude. He's not great in pass protection. He doesn't slide real well. I think we're going to run some uh, play action his way. We'll set some tight ends over there to make sure that he doesn't get beat up by the J.J. Watts of the world. He's going to be a good guy. He's uh, got the right attitude. He's worked hard for everything he's got. He's he's exactly the type of guy that they want to have with this team. I completely get why they took him. I would rather have had Tunsil. I don't 
care how Taylor Luan feels about being a right tackle. That's his problem. You know, be a professional. You're still a starting player. What, what, what are you complaining about? You're still starting. His whole career is going to be graded on how well Tunsil does. If uh, Tunsil goes down to Miami and he just he, – he's you know, the low Collins of this year. If he goes down there and he plays great, that Conklin pick is a bad pick. Conklin, he, he should be that edge setter. He's going to be good for us. We're all going to love him in three years no matter what as far as uh, you know, him versus Tunsil. That doesn't really matter. But he was not the guy I would have traded it up for. And like you said, Taylor Decker, he went after we would have been picking anyway, so we didn't have to give up other picks to get him. Yeah, I have the same thing that Glenn says here. Is I think we made a big mistake not going after Laramie Tunsil here. When they made that trade, I was at a par with my girlfriend, and I looked over her, and I, I smiled, and I said, as soon as I saw the trade go through, I said, we're getting Tunsil. You know, we traded back, and we still get the guy that we wanted. Um and then, of course, we end up taking Jack Conklin. Really surprised me. Uh, and I like Jack Conklin. I have nothing against this kid. I like him a lot. You know, we've seen a lot of talk, especially on uh, Titans fan pages on TTU. We've seen it a lot where it was Decker and Conklin, Decker or Conklin. And I don't think, and I know a lot of people disagree, but I don't think that Conklin and Decker are as nearly as close as everybody made it seem. I think Conklin is a good, solid step ahead of Decker. Because of his ability, I think in a couple years you're going to be able to see Conklin play on that left side. Taylor Decker is never going to be able to play on that left side. He just doesn't have the athleticism for it. Conklin does. He needs to improve his footwork to get there, but he does have the talent to end up being on that left side. A powerful first punch uh, that leads into a lockdown grasp. He is As soon as he has you in his hands, you're done. You're not going anywhere. And I, I like that a lot about uh, Jack Conklin, but I think Laramie Tunsil is... Uh, a day one starter at left tackle, and he's. I think that you, we really missed out on uh, something special there, not taking Laramie Tunsil. I know the uh, gas mask bong picture and all that, but you know, it's in today's NFL. If you're smoking pot, you're almost a good guy. And with everything that's going on, it's it's not that big of an issue when you got guys beating their wives and getting DUIs and and you know all this stuff that goes on in the NFL. Uh, it's really not that big of an issue. I would have loved to see us take uh, Tunsil there. And then, and then, like you said, Taylor Lewan saying that he doesn't want to play the right side. Like, that's fine. Come out and outplay Tunsil in training camp then uh, if you don't want to play on the right side. You know, you you work for what you get. You don't just get handed it, um, especially in the NFL. But I, I like Conklin. I don't like that we traded up like you guys pointed out. And I really, I really thought for sure. Laramie Tunsil. I mean, as soon as we made the trade, I smiled and I was like, "We're still gonna get Tunsil." And I've been big on Tunsil since, you know, when I first started researching for the draft in the middle of like the football season last year. He's so impressive, and I really think that we missed out on something special there. Hey, all you Titans fans! This episode was just too big to keep in one episode by itself. Too big to download like that. So everybody, check out the second episode if you want to hear the second half of this show. <laughs>